0: I hope you had a fabulous weekend. Grant Napier here on Listen Up. I had an amazing weekend. I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. We've got football to talk about. The baseball playoffs begin tomorrow. I mean, do we have enough going on in the world or what in sports? But uh, I had a phenomenal weekend in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, going to my first ever uh, big-time SEC game with Alabama and Ole Miss. And just the entire experience was uh, fascinating. It was just incredible to be uh, at Bryant-Denny Stadium for such a big game. Uh, 100,000 people. uh, Just being in Tuscaloosa for the weekend and meeting so many phenomenal people and having a a great time. Definitely crossed another one off my uh, bucket list. So if you want to ask me any questions about that, uh, you can do so. Raise your hand. Just hit that hand icon and I will put you uh, right on. Tonight, Raiders-Chargers, 515 Pacific, should be a dandy. Uh, The Raiders undefeated. The Chargers at two up and one down. Of course, yesterday, a lot of NFL news. You've got the uh, situation with the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo hurt again. Trey Lance goes on to the field. And, yeah, I don't know what people expect. You know, the guys in the game – In the middle of the third quarter or the beginning of the third quarter, you know, boom, he's put into the fire. Yeah, he didn't look good, but, I mean, he's a rookie. I don't know why we tend to over-evaluate and make so many stupid concrete decisions based on, you know, a guy just playing, you know, less than two quarters of football. I mean, look at Zach Wilson yesterday. He finally looked like he got over the hump after a dreadful three weeks, right? I mean, Justin Fields played better yesterday, although Matt Nagy said that he's not the starting quarterback that Andy Dalton is when Dalton is healthy. But I mean, I'm looking at the 49ers. They were terrible on defense. They couldn't run the ball. I mean, they were they were not very good. You know, and Lance was not that effective, but we're going to like think that we got issues. Here's the biggest issue I see with Trey Lance. He's not going to be able to stay healthy. You're not going to stay healthy. Doing in running the football like that. So it's only a matter of time before he gets hurt. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, it was fun watching Tom Brady last night go back to New England and everything going on with uh, that game. And how about the Arizona Cardinals? Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, everybody's talking about the Rams this, the Rams that, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford, and look at what the Arizona Cardinals do. Look at what they do. They go in, And they make a statement that they're the team to beat in the NFC West. And they did it in a convincing fashion. I mean, 37 to 20. 37 to 20. And, you know, they were down at the end of the first quarter, 10 to 7. And then they outscore the Rams in the next two quarters, 27 to 3. That's right. The Rams only scored a field goal. In the next two quarters, how about Murray? You know, 24 of 32, right? Two touchdowns. You know, Stafford uh, threw for, what, 280? But the defense of the Cardinals and how well they played, I mean, that was big-time performance by Arizona. I mean, big-time performance. I, I give them a lot of credit. Here's something else about Arizona. Do you know that three of their four games – have been on the road? That's right. They went on the road and beat the Rams. That's 3-0 and o on the road. I mean, that's that's really impressive. That, that's that's big-time football right there. A uh, couple of other games that, you know, to me were impressive yesterday. Uh, I got to tell you, I was – and I'm not surprised that Seattle won. I said that on Friday, that I thought that, that you did not want to play a team that's in that type of a situation. You know, they were in a – they had to win. They couldn't go to 1-3 and three and fall three games behind either the Rams or the Cardinals. Yeah, they, and and I, that's Seattle. That's a Pete Carroll coach team. 28-21, the final score there. And the Niners get on the board first. And then the Seahawks outscore the 49ers 21-6 in quarters 2 and 3. Uh, the Ravens keep winning again. They beat Denver, who loses their first game, 23-7. to uh if you're i said this last week if you're a Steelers fan uh it is going to be a long long year 1 and 3 they're clearly uh the worst team in that division sadly the Ben Rothersberger era should come to an end yeah uh, they're just not very good i i still don't know how they beat buffalo in week 1 so hey give me a, a call just hit that hand icon raise your hand i'll get you right on uh we will talk college or we will talk uh, NFL. But a couple of games that really stood out to me, again, that would those were some, you know, Dallas, no way Carolina was going to go to 4-0. Uh, it was really the third quarter that changed that game around. The game was there at the half. I mean, I think it was the Panthers were leading at the half, weren't they, by a point? And then Dallas just came out in the third quarter, and they took complete control of the game as they outscored the Cowboys, or outscored the Panthers, rather, 20 uh, 20- Nothing. Uh, Dallas dominated that second half. Dominated, dominated the second half. Let's get to Al. Al, how are you? It's always good to hear from you here on Listen Up. Go ahead, Al. I'm great, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. How was the trip? I didn't get oh. to hear the first part of the program. Uh, you know what, Al? It was great. I had a fabulous time. Uh, everything was tremendous. Just being in Tuscaloosa, everybody was so nice. Being at that stadium, uh, hundred thousand people. I mean, it was electric. It was. It was great. Uh, I didn't have anything negative to say. Uh, it was just a phenomenal experience.
1: Yeah, and both New York professional football teams won on the same weekend. My God. You know, you know that's living proof that miracles do indeed happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm a Rams fan, so I'm eating crow this week, my friend. Uh, yep. It sounds like I didn't get to see the game because I'm in Sacramento and I don't have the NFL ticket. My brother's in L.A., and he's uh, so he has all the Ram games are on all the time down there. And he tells, tells me that Stafford sounds like he was just missing guys left and right. He was under, he was inaccurate, just under. I'm not taking anything away from yep. Arizona. I mean, they beat the Rams all three phases. And my, Murray was just, to me, it looked, looking at the numbers and and listening, watching the game as it progressed, third and 16, he runs for 18. Third, he, he converted more third and long, just extending the drive. He's and, incredible. you know, but it sounds like Stafford just, you know, had, he just was off. He just, you know, there were he, guys he was, off. That, but you know
0: what? Here's the deal. The Rams lost this game on defense, and I'll tell you why. They Arizona scores 37 points. But listen to this. In the second and third quarter, Arizona outscored the Rams 27 to 3. All right, yeah. I keep on hearing about this Rams defense, this Rams defense. They they allowed right. Chase they allowed Chase Edwards to run. I mean, he had 120 yards on 12 carries, all right? You can't have right. that. You talk about Murray running the football. Murray ran for almost 40 yards on 6 carries. I mean, the defense for the Rams got beat yesterday. Plain and simple. Yeah. That that, that yeah. they lost the game on defense. I agree with you about Stafford. I didn't see the whole game, but they defensively the Rams were not there.
1: Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Edmonds, he, he just – he he gashed him. I mean, everything was – you know, the kicker finally misses a kick. It's one of those games yep. where, uh-oh, you finally get the guy, finally has his kicked in. Michelle fumbles on our own 25-yard line. But, you know, hats off to Arizona. Now they got the, – they're wearing their yellow jersey now. Yep. So, you know, I'm glad in a way that, hey, it's a wake-up call for the Rams. You know, we'll see what they're all about. But, you know, they, they got a wake-up call. We'll see just how good yep. they really are. You know,
0: yeah, and, uh, well, listen, four hundred and sixty five yards is what the Cardinals had. You, you know, yeah. the Rams defense cannot be allowing a team to get nearly 500 yeah. yards of total offense. Can't
1: have it. Yeah. Yeah. They got they got they took it on the chin. We'll yeah. see what they're what they're all about. And uh, hopefully they'll, they can write the ship. But I'm a fifty four years, you know, I'm, I'm I'm hoping. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Thanks for taking the call. Have a good day. All right.
0: You too. Thanks very much. i appreciate that. Listen, there's not a team in the league this year that's going 17-0. and 0. All right, You're going to lose some games. You're going to have some of those games where, you know, you don't win. And, hey, I'm not taking anything away from Arizona. Again, they're 4-0, and 0, and they've won three games on the road. So that's impressive, very impressive. But, you know, when I look at a game like that, and, again, I know the Rams only scored 20 points, and I look at the Rams, you know, as a better offensive team than that. You know, you can't be allowing 465 yards of total offense. You know, you can't have it. Just cannot have it. You know, I would think out of all the games that were played yesterday, and he mentioned it, you know, the fact that the Jets beat the Tennessee Titans, like, I wonder how many people lost their survivor pool yesterday. Like, how does that happen? 27 to 24 in that game. All right. The Jets in overtime, 27 to 24. Zach Wilson, by the way, 21 to 34 for 297 two touchdowns, and uh, one interception. But I'm looking at Tennessee. But, you know, Derrick Henry had a good game. I mean, that's something that we see every week. He ran for 157 yards. But the Jets, I got to give them credit. You know, they find a way somehow to win that game. They should not be beating the Tennessee Titans, who all of a sudden are 2-2. and That was probably, to me, uh, the most surprising score in all of the NFL yesterday. I I was, uh, again, I wonder how many people lost that game in their survivor pool. There weren't a lot of other scores that really surprised me. I was surprised that the Browns and the Vikings was as low scoring, you know, playing in a dome. It was only 14 to 7. That surprised me. I was, uh, I didn't think the Giants would beat the Saints. You know, I don't know what the Saints are. You know, I I don't really know what the Saints are. Yeah, they're 2-2, they're two and two and I look at their games. I, I don't know what to think, you know, about the Saints. You know, the Chiefs get back on track. You know, they outscore the, Fiegel, uh, the Eagles 42-30. Uh, to 30. You know, again, Dallas, very impressive third quarter coming out of the gate. Packers now have won three in a row after, you know, losing the opening game of the season the way they did where they got blown out, you know, by New Orleans. You know, the Bucks were not that impressive, but the game in New England, I mean, it had a lot to it, as we know you know Mac Jones you know I t- 31 of 40 275 yards and two touchdowns uh, in the loss and then you get two tonight and I think this game tonight this game should be a dandy this game should be an absolute dandy tonight you have an undefeated team 3 and 0 going against a Chargers team that to me is the real deal there, I I think this game is going to be phenomenal tonight this may be this may be one of the best games or this may end up being the best game of the weekend that really could this game is going to be as advertised I don't see and I really mean this I don't see how this game is not a really really good game tonight and I think there's going to be a lot of points put on the board this should be a very very uh, entertaining game very entertaining game speaking of entertaining How about Urban Meyer? Are you freaking kidding me or what? First of all, let me get this straight. Urban Meyer does not go home with the Jacksonville Jaguars after the team loses on Thursday night to Cincinnati. Meyer wanted to go and see his family because the Jaguars played on Thursday. I guess they had a couple days off. columbus ohio now i don't ever recall an nfl head coach not flying home with the team barring an emergency i don't ever recall that that's number one but if you're going to go home don't be going out to your restaurant on friday night and then over the weekend a viral video surfaced showing a young woman dancing close to Meyer's lap at his restaurant. Then a second video comes out, all right, of Meyer with his hand touching the woman's bottom while he was sitting at the bar. Now, 57 years old, National Football League head coach, number one, not going home with the team, stupid, I mean, I don't know what you're thinking about at the restaurant. So, naturally, Urban Meyer apologizes to his team. He apologized to his family. He apologized to the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me read some quotes from this. This is Urban Meyer, all right? 57-year-old head coach. I just apologized to the team and the staff for being a distraction. Just stupid. And so I explained everything that happened and owned it. Just stupid. Should not have myself in that kind of position. You think? You think? Myers said there was a big group next to our restaurant and they wanted me to come over and take pictures, and I did. They were trying to pull me out on the dance floor, screwing around, and I should have left. Yes, you should have. Meyer said that the players and the owner were receptive to his apology. Quote, I've always been so defensive of them. I remember when Trevor Lawrence told me he was going to go to Vegas for his bachelor party. I was just like, my gosh, man, be careful and surround yourself Because I've seen this happen. He said, the team, I spoke to a bunch of leaders one-on-one, spoke to all the players. They're good. They're focused on Tennessee. I apologized again for being a distraction. A coach should not be a distraction. Yeah, you can say that again. They're unbelievable to me. First of all, I don't know why he's not going home with the team. I've never heard of that before. You're the head coach. Get on the plane. And fly home, okay? Fly home. I I don't get that. A lot of things I don't get about Urban Meyer. And I I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. I'm hearing horror stories down there about Meyer and there. I I don't see how he's going to survive there. I really don't. You know, the fact that they're 0-4 doesn't really surprise me. I mean, they were very competitive, and uh, you know, almost won the game. You know, against the uh, Bengals, very competitive on Thursday night. But, boy, oh boy, unbelievable! All right, tonight, as I said, Raiders Chargers. You've got the game in LA. You have a undefeated team at three and zero, going against the Chargers at two and one. Should be a dandy. Give me a call. Hit that hand icon. Raise your hand. I'll put you right on, and we will talk about what's going on in the world of football and what about baseball how about the baseball playoffs that begin tomorrow Aaron Judge with a walk-off single RBI the Yankees avert disaster and they now will play a one-game playoff at Fenway Park tomorrow and then the next day on Wednesday you've got the Cardinals and the Dodgers how unbelievable is it that these two teams are playing a one-game winner-take-all. The Cardinals, who ended the season on absolute fire, going against a Dodgers team that ends up behind the Giants with 106 wins. How about that? Now, I know the Cardinals cooled off a little bit over the weekend, but, I mean, how about the Dodgers winning 106 games and finishing in second place? And because of that, one game will determine whether your season continues. So I ask you, Giants fans, do you want to see the Dodgers? Or do you want to see the St. Louis Cardinals? The Dodgers won 16 more games than the Cardinals, right? What do you want to see? How epic would a first-round series be against the Giants and Dodgers? How unbelievable would that be? And then, as I said, tomorrow, you've got the Yankees and the Red Sox squaring off at Fenway. The two teams played there last weekend, and the Yankees swept them. But this is a whole different story. I don't think it matters because I don't think anybody's beating Tampa there. I don't. I, the winner of this series is not winning against Tampa, in my opinion. Tampa, Chicago, Houston. Will this be Dusty Baker's year, where he ends up winning? a World Series. How unbelievable would it be if San Francisco played Houston in the World Series with Dusty Baker managing against a team that almost won the World Series? How amazing would that be? How great would it be to see the Astros and the Giants in the World Series? So if you want to talk some baseball, again, just uh, raise your hand. We'll get you right on and we will certainly talk about it. But I'm telling you, this is going to be a lot of fun starting tomorrow with the baseball playoffs. Preston, you're on Listen Up with Grant. How are you?
1: Hey, Grant. I was at the uh, game yesterday, the Giants game, and uh, the crowd was electric. Um, it was just a great atmosphere. Um, as a Giants fan, I would I would love to see them compete against the Dodgers in a in playoff series. Uh I'm just happy that the Giants got hold off hold off there uh, for the division because uh, I I know they need the rest. Uh, oh they've been, <laughs> they sure do. Yeah, because they've been using their bullpen a lot lately and stuff. So you think? So. Do
0: you think most Giants fans would rather see the Dodgers just because they want to beat them in the playoffs? I mean, I'm not saying they will beat them, but do you think that's what most fans want? Truly, I
1: I think so. Just because it's never been done before. Um, right. But I would say, <laughs> as from a competitive standpoint, I think they would much rather face the Cardinals.
0: I pre anything
1: else? that makes. Yeah. Uh, no. Hey,
0: Preston, I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you very much for uh, giving us a call. Yeah. From a competitive point of view, I think Preston is right. You know, you'd rather play the Cardinals. They're not as good of a team. I mean, you look at that Dodgers team, you know, they won 106 games. They're, they're basically the giants. You know, one game separates after you play that many, you play 162 games. One team wins 107, the other wins 106. I mean, that's unbelievable. That really is. That is a big, big time year for both those teams. Meanwhile, uh, in the National League, the other two divisions, you know, Atlanta with 88 wins, Milwaukee with 95. So we'll see, you know, but here's the deal one team's going to get, one good team's going to get knocked off on Wednesday. And if the Dodgers prevail and end up beating San Francisco, then they would be the huge favorite to go and win the World Series again. I mean, I I think it's pretty obvious if the Dodgers beat the Cardinals on Wednesday, whoever wins the Giants-Dodgers series is going to be the huge favorite in the National League. I think the American League is up for grabs, although I, I love what Tampa does. I just think that team... No one ever talks about Tampa and all they do is win. You know, everyone wants to talk about the Yankees and the Red Sox and, you know, Houston and yeah, then there's Tampa. And you, know, you look at Tampa and every year they're right in this position. You know, last year they win the um, the pennant. They lose in the, to the, you know, they lose the series. But, I mean, what's there not to like about this team? They're a 100-win team. 162 for the Tampa Bay Rays. Eight games better than the Yankees and the Sox. They absolutely cruised, cruised to the division. White Sox under Tony La Russa, amazing. You know, you think about what La Russa and Dusty did. You know, at this stage of their careers, pretty remarkable. 93 and 69 for the White Sox. 95 and 67 for the Astros. Pretty darn impressive. Pretty darn impressive. So if you want to talk uh, some of that, again, raise your hand. We'll get you right on. Uh, And what about the game tonight? Who do you like and why? I'm going to pick the Chargers. I just think that the Raiders are – they're not going undefeated. I'm looking at their their point differential, which I think is very important to really gauge how a team is. And I'm looking at the Raiders – and I'm looking at their first three games, and I'm not taking anything away from them, all right? They've scored 90. They've allowed 72. The Chargers' point differential also is only 7. So they've only outscored their opponents. They've been in close games by 7. I just think this game tonight, you have the Raiders are 3-0, and Denver's 3 and 1. If the Chargers lose tonight and go to 2 and 2, yeah this that that this is a big game, boy. This is a really big game. Chargers have already beat Kansas City. They can go 2 and 0 oh in the division. Going to be a close game tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game that goes to overtime. I'm really I it would not surprise me if this game tonight Goes an extra frame. I think these two teams are pretty even. Two good quarterbacks, but I love Herbert. I would take him over Carr, but Carr's been brilliant in the first three weeks. He had a bad first, what, bad first, uh, I'd say the first 25 minutes of the season against Baltimore. Uh, But since then, Derek Carr has been outstanding. Ball's going to be in the air a lot tonight. You're going to have a lot of offense tonight, I would think. And uh, when it's all said and done, I'm going to pick the Chargers by a whisker here. I think it's, I can't wait to watch this game. I think there's the best game on the card uh, this entire weekend. What do you think? Hit me up. Anything else you want to talk about? We'll do that. Uh, I also want to get into college football a little bit. Just hit your hand icon. You know, I'm, I watch probably more college football on Saturday than I have in a long time. And I watched the Georgia-Arkansas game before we walked to the stadium to go see Alabama and Ole Miss. And Georgia just destroyed, destroyed Arkansas. Arkansas, by the way, is now 13th in the AP poll and in the uh, coaches poll. They fall to 16. So Alabama is number one in both polls. Then there's Georgia. Iowa is three. And Penn State is four. But that's going to change this weekend because they play each other in Iowa. So, one of those teams is going to be out of the top four. Cincinnati is fifth, all right, in the AP poll. Let me tell you something about Cincinnati. I don't want to hear about Cincinnati, all right? Their their schedule is Cupcakesville, all right? They play Miami, Ohio in week one. They play what? Murray State? Is that who they played in week two? I don't know who that... I I think M-U-R is Murray State. I thought they only played basketball. They play Indiana in week three, and then they win at Notre Dame, and everyone thinks that they're world beaters. Here's the rest of their schedule. Temple, UCF, Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, USF, and SMU. I don't want to see Cincinnati anywhere near the rankings in the top four. All right? Don't want to see it. They're not a top four team. And if they played... Alabama or they played Georgia, okay? It would be embarrassing. All right? It would be embarrassing. Uh, they they would be lucky to score, okay? Let me re- let me repeat that. They would be lucky to score and they would be lucky to stay within 40 points of either Alabama or Georgia. So I don't want to hear about Cincinnati. All right? But here's the problem that I'm seeing. Penn State or Iowa is going to lose. So the winner of this game is probably going to be third, all right? If Penn State beats Iowa, they're going to go to three. And if Iowa wins, they'll stay at three. So then you have Oklahoma or Cincinnati. I don't want to see Cincinnati anywhere near the college football playoff. That would be a disaster. It would be like a week off for the number one seed. Like if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game and comes out as the number one seed, and they play Cincinnati in the semifinal game. I mean, it won't even be competitive. It would it would the game would be over by the end of the first quarter. Same with Georgia. Cincinnati wouldn't even score against Georgia. They wouldn't they may not get the ball over the fifty for crying out loud. You know, I'm tired of hearing about Cincinnati. Go play somebody. You know, you beat Notre Dame and you think like you're the best team in the world. Your schedule is a joke. It's a joke. So here's the AP poll. Alabama, Georgia, Iowa, Penn State, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Oregon, and Michigan. How's Oregon still in the top 10? Would someone explain that to me? How does that happen? They just lost to Stanford. How are they in the top 10? Stanford they lost to, right? How how is that? Makes no sense to me. So there is my take on college football. If you disagree, raise your hand. Hit that hand icon, and I'll put you right on. But to me, there's Alabama and Georgia, the winner of this game Saturday. But uh, you think you think Iowa would beat Alabama or Georgia? You really think Penn State would beat those teams? I mean, you can't be serious, right? I mean, I think Iowa got a good chance this week. But look at who they played. They played Indiana in week one. They played Iowa State in week two. Kent State. And then last week on Saturday, they played Maryland. And then they played Colorado State. Cupcakesville. All right? Now, if you want to just compare that a little bit, all right, if you want to look at the rankings, and you want to look at, like, the number one ranked team in the country, Alabama, okay, okay, Look at who they've played. Week one, they played Miami. Miami is currently ranked 14th. Then they had the week off. They played Mercer. That's the week off. Then they went to Gainesville, and they played the Florida Gators, who are currently ranked 11 but were in the top 10 when those teams met. Then they had the week off last week, playing Southern Miss, And then yesterday, or excuse me, on Saturday, they beat 11th-ranked Ole Miss. All right? So they deserve to be number one because they played the schedule, okay? They've already played three very good quality teams. Can you say that about Cincinnati? Huh? No. Can you say that about Iowa? No, but this week, in all fairness, they're going to play Penn State. All right? So we're going to find out a little bit more. And Penn State, listen, they've had some tough games already. You know, they opened up against Wisconsin, won 16-10. So that's a good opponent. Not a great opponent, but good. They played Auburn at home. Auburn's good. They're not great. But then after this week, they still have to go at Ohio State. That's in two weeks. So they'll get tested, and they play Michigan. So if Penn State's able to run the table, they very well should be in the top four. Absolutely. No question. Iowa, again, we're going to find out a lot about Iowa this week. At home, taking on Penn State, currently third. Are they really the third best team in the country? They haven't really played anybody yet. I mean, I know that they played Iowa State, but and and you know Iowa State's good, but but I'm looking at their schedule the rest of the way. They play Purdue. they play at Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska. They don't play anybody. This is it. So I, I'm not really sure how to judge. Penn State to me said it will have the tougher schedule. Penn State is undefeated. They absolutely deserve to be no worse than three. And they will be three. If they run the table, they'll be three. And we'll see what happens in a semifinal game against either an Alabama or Georgia. So that's my football take. Got my baseball take. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to talk about that Yankee Red Sox game. We're going to go over tonight's Raiders game against the Chargers. So hopefully, we'll get uh, a lot of phone calls tomorrow if you want to get on today all you have to do is raise your hand i'll put you in queue and before you know it you'll be talking to me just like john hello john how are you
2: good grant how are you doing
0: good john what's going on today
2: well i was waiting for your other uh, listeners to ask a question about football or baseball because um I have a non-topical question. It's uh, it's kind of out of date, but there wasn't this opportunity to talk to you in the, when it was topical. There was Twitter, but it wasn't you know the same. So hopefully, I can ask a question about the Kings. Yeah, and listen,
0: I'm happy to answer any question. Just speak up a little bit for me, but go ahead, please.
2: Okay, is that better? Much
0: better. Thank you, John. Thank you. Great.
2: So, um, my question is regarding beginning of or like I guess last offseason, not the past few months, but the last offseason for the Kings and going into that season i mean they didn't do much last offseason they didn't get many players they didn't improve the roster that much it seemed like they were gonna potentially looking at that strong supposedly strong draft they were going to um i don't want to use the t-word but rebuild they were going to try to rebuild by trading some players to get an extra pick maybe in that draft and use their own pick and not do too well in the standings and get a higher pick in that, in just this recent draft, and maybe an extra pick later on in that draft, probably, right? And um, try to get a really strong, talented prospect. And uh, they got Damian Mitchell, who was a summer league MVP, but he should be doing pretty well, considering he's 23 against 19-year-olds. But um, I don't know, what, you think, what would you think about doing that back then instead of what well, they did, which was try to go for the play-in, I guess?
0: Um, well, yeah. first of all... Uh, I can tell you this because I talk to him a lot. Luke Walton truly coaches to win every game. He's not into all of that stuff. And the team was trying to win every game down the stretch. And they had a lot of injuries. You know, De'Aaron Fox didn't play the last couple of weeks. They had other players that were hurt. And the guys that were on the floor were playing really hard. And they won a lot of games. And, you know, you can't tell guys to go out and not play hard. You can't You can't do that to your team. You can't take players out that are playing well and try to lose the game because the lottery is so hard now because of the way they changed the odds around so I don't really have any problem John with trying to go out and win games the the bigger issue I have is I'm not a big believer in just building the team through the draft I think this team needs to make a bold move and they haven't made a bold move uh, or a bold trade since they traded Demarcus Cousins They need to make a bold move in order to move up. Because I went over this a couple weeks ago, John, and I don't know how you feel, but when I look at the Western Conference, okay, before the season even begins, the Kings are the fifth-place team in their division. Tell me if you disagree. They're not better than Golden State. They're not better than the Clippers. They're not better than the Lakers. They're not better than the Suns. So in their own division, they're fifth. Okay. They're not better than Dallas. That's six teams that are better than them. They're not better than Denver. That's seven teams that are better than them. They're not better than the Jazz. That's eight teams that are better than them. So we haven't even gotten to the other teams, like, you know, the teams like Memphis, okay, Uh, like New Orleans. And, you know, I'm already sitting here talking about they're not among the top eight teams in the West that's the issue i see with the kings
2: yeah well what about portland as well i mean they may have portland some, too to, to me they're
0: the i'd look at portland as you know the eighth team out of eight in other words i think portland's behind denver and utah in their division yeah, okay. i don't think they're better than the warriors the clippers the lakers or the suns or dallas so i have portland at 8 right now in the west i have sacramento competing for 9 and 10 with new orleans with uh, minnesota with memphis and with san antonio those are the teams to me the kings are going to be battling for nine and ten but nine and ten to me isn't anything to get excited about i mean to me you need to win half your games to start really feeling good about where you're at as a basketball team that's just my opinion
2: certainly i um i'm uh very skeptical or not i mean it's fine if they're all loving each other and doing and liking liking each other and having and having a good training camp i mean i just want you got to show me now you got to like for me you don't have to show me i mean who am i but i mean i want to see wins and losses you you said best grant that all professional sports are a bottom line business you know yep. and you got to you got to show wins and less losses more wins and less losses for me to you know believe so i got to see yep. it first so, so
0: i'm with all. you uh, and here's the other deal when you you know when you look at their schedule they open up at portland which i could see them winning that game then they're home against utah home against golden state then they're at phoenix at New Orleans, at Dallas, at Utah. The Kings could find themselves in a deep hole before they get home on November 3rd to play New Orleans. Again, I'm not saying they're going to lose all those games, but at Portland is a tough way to open up the season. Then home Utah, home Golden State, then at Phoenix, at New Orleans, at Dallas, at Utah. That's going to be a very difficult stretch for Sacramento.
2: Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Thanks, hey, Grant.
0: Th- John, I appreciate you chiming in. You take care. Call again, okay? Okay, I will. Thanks. All right. Good stuff right there from John. That, that's how I'm looking at it, you know? And and again, I, I know it's a 82-game season, but wow, that's a tough way to start. Tough way to start. Five of your first seven games are on the road, and your two home games are the Jazz and the Golden State Warriors. Tough, tough way to start the season. Very tough indeed. All right, tomorrow we'll break down this game tonight. We'll get you ready for the playoffs. We'll take more of your phone calls. Uh, I really appreciate those that have chimed in. It's easy to do. You hit your hand icon and then I put you in queue and you get right on. Uh, Again, I had a fabulous weekend in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Again, the thing that just strikes me being in the South or how it's so different. The the, the the people are just so freaking nice in this part of the country. I mean, it's just a whole different attitude. I mean, the people that work at the restaurants, the uh, just your Uber drivers, the, the people that are like working at the stadiums and the, just everyone. Everyone is just it's just a different vibe. It's really so different than where I grew up in New York and so different than California. You know, here in Alabama, they're not trying to outdo each other because they're driving a nicer car or live in a fancier house. And they're just real. You know, the people are just, I had a great weekend. It was just phenomenal. Uh, And then the game itself, as I said, was a real treat. Uh, to be in Tuscaloosa, a real treat. Indeed. A lot of fun. All right. Hey, make it a great afternoon. Thank you so much. We will check in with you tomorrow right
1: here. With lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Plus.